today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith Submission is never easy. It goes against the grain of our fallen nature. Pride rises within us. We want to assert ourselves. Our culture affirms that pride. In our culture, there's all sorts of seminars, how to assert yourself, how to promote yourself. And I haven't heard of any seminar, how to be submissive. It goes against our culture. But the church is told to be counter-culture. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives, so we can be our heads and Our culture is very I-centered. How can I get ahead? How can I make an impression? How can I benefit from this situation? In today's message, Pastor Ed challenges us to take a different approach to living in this fallen world. Submit to God. This isn't what the world tells us to do and will not support us in this way. So how do we submit to God? The book of James provides great answers to that question, and we'll learn a great deal about the blessings God has waiting for us when we look to Him for direction. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. gets in our face and he confronts us with selfish ambition. He confronts us with our worldliness. He confronts us with our ineffectiveness. James chapter 4 verses 1 to 12. James speaking to a first century church shortly after the resurrection of Jesus and the ascension of the Lord deals with a problem that would plague the church throughout its history. And a problem that most all of us, to some degree, are acquainted with. Chapter 4, verse 1. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world, becomes an enemy of God? Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the Spirit He caused to live in us envies intensely, but He gives us more grace? That is why the Scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers, 
do not slander one another. We're going to stop right there. Our fellowship, the Assemblies of God, is almost 100 years old. We could look back on some churches, historic churches, that can both inspire us and sadden us. They can inspire us in that we could hear the stories of how God worked in marvelous ways to save lives, to transform people, to heal sick bodies, and to spread the news of Pentecost. It saddens us in that some of these churches, historic churches, that once shine like beacons in the land, are now only a shadow of what they once were. I'm thinking of one church in particular in the Northeast. It was one of the first Assembly of God churches. God moved mightily in this church. The message of Pentecost spread throughout the Northeast. People were saved. Lives were transformed. They looked at this church as the measuring mark of what a church should be. It was a thriving fellowship. But in the 60s, there was a change of pastorates. And the pastor was not as charismatic as his predecessor. And there were influential people who were upset with this pastor and his leadership, and his vision. And some of those influential people were on the board, and some of them were in other leadership positions in the church. And so they began to oppose the pastor's vision to reach out, to do the work of the Lord. And whatever he tried to do, there was almost a roadblock from this group of people within the church. The young couples who wanted to look to the elders as an example were deeply disappointed because of their critical, bitter, angry spirit. It really crippled these leaders. It kept them from being all that God wanted them to be. And these young people could not really find inspiration and eventually the church lost its effectiveness and its power and never reached the heights of its former days now that story could be told over and over again with other congregations in our fellowship and in other denominations how do the children of light become instruments of darkness to hinder the work of God. Satan comes in. He comes into God's camp and creates havoc. James right away confronts the issue and gives us a way to escape, a way to block, a way to keep the enemy at bay. And he begins with this simple advice. Now James is sort of in your face. If you read the text, it jumps out at you. It shouts out at you. 
He says, submit to God. Submit to God. Well, the text is clear. It reads, submit yourself then to God. To submit means to accept our proper station unto God. We are called to voluntarily submit ourselves to the Lord. It has this idea of order. Recognize God's order. Now, submission is never easy. It goes against the grain of our fallen nature. Pride rises within us. We want to assert ourselves. Our culture affirms that pride. In our culture, there's all sorts of seminars, how to assert yourself, how to promote yourself. And I haven't heard of any seminar, how to be submissive. It goes against our culture. But the church is told to be counter culture. God says in his word, James tells us, submit yourself to God. When we submit ourselves to God, what we're doing is we're saying, God, I'm not going to argue with you. Our desire is to set out our lives, map it out, map out God's plan for our church. And say, I did it my way. God's saying, no, 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 no. Submit to God. Submit to his leadership in your life. We cannot, we must not fight against God. The idea of this text is stop fighting God. Stop fighting God. Whenever we exert ourselves and we say, we're going to do it our way, we begin to fight God. See, there's no neutral ground. Either you're submitting to God or you're resisting God. Either you're following God or you're fighting God. Either you're yielded to God or you're promoting yourselves. And so James hits the nail right on the head. And he says, the first thing that we must do as the people of God is submit. Come under his authority. Yield our lives to him. In Romans 8, 7, it reads, the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. We must submit to God's law, to the sacred book. Uh, we must follow its counsel, even if it goes against the world's counsel. And when we're in the church, this idea of submission is so important. Submitting to what the Word says, coming under its authority. We don't stand beside it and doesn't stand underneath us. It stands above us. We're to submit to appointed authority. That's biblical. In Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Mm. God honors those who will humble themselves. Submit to our spiritual leaders. We live in a 
independent nation. We want and value our independence. But I tell you, we cannot be successful in the kingdom of God if we're going to have that type of attitude in the kingdom of God. We must be dependent because without him, we can do nothing. And we have to submit our lives to him. 1 Peter 2.13 reads, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as the supreme authority. Uh, We have to submit to the will of God and the providence of God. Some people chafe under that. Oh, God, you didn't give me the same gifts that someone else had. And they become angry with heaven. God, I wish I could sing like that. God, I wish I could teach like that. God, I wish I... Well, I'd like to administrate like... God didn't give us all the same gifts. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, no shadow of turning. God gives the gifts and recognize that he portions them out as he wills. And so we recognize God's providence in our lives, the willingness to submit to him. There was a well-known evangelist J. Wilbur Chapman, and he was visiting the founder of the Salvation Army, General Booth. General Booth was sort of a rough type of individual, but when he saw the poor and the needy of London, God got a hold of his heart. And he started the Salvation Army. And in his lifetime, the Salvation Army spread, as it were, around the world. It reaches today 91 countries. Over three and a half million people are a part of the Salvation Army. And Wilbur Chapman went to him years ago and asked him, What's the reason for your success? Listen to his reply. He said, I'll tell you the secret. God has had all there was of me. There have been men with greater brains than I, men with greater opportunities. But from the day I got the poor of London on my heart and a vision of what Jesus Christ could do with the poor of London, I made up my mind that God would have all of William Booth there was. All of William Booth there was. Does God have all of us? William Booth was willing to submit his all to God, to give himself fully to the Lord. Chapman made this statement as he left Booth's presence. He said, the greatness of a man's power is the measure of his surrender. The greatness of a man's power is the measure of his surrender. Surrendering all, submitting Everything. I'm going to do it my way. No. Do it his way. He's the Lord of the church. When we confess him as Savior, we confess him as Lord of our lives. We invited him in as sovereign. Not only as Savior. In 1 Peter 1.6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, unto God. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That's what we have to do. Lord, I'm going to submit my will. Not exert my will. I'm going to submit my will. Not self-aggrandizement, but 
crucifixion. We have to crucify self. We need a resurrection of self-denial. A resurrection of the theology that teaches we must surrender our lives. We must submit our lives. The problem with this church that James was dealing with, the early church, was they wanted to exert themselves. There was selfish ambition and envy and there were all sorts of agendas. But what James says is you must submit to the Lord. Now I tell you, there is no way that you could resist the devil unless you submit to God. Because he goes on to make another statement and he says, resist the devil. You can never, you could never, never resist the devil until you've submitted to God. The first base is submitting to God. And before you can get the second base, you have to submit to God. Second base, resist the devil. A life that is not in submission to God is in deep trouble. He says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. That word resist is a military term. It's referring to take your stand. As it were, draw a line in the sand. Take your stance, and don't let the enemy have a foothold. I think of how does the enemy get into the church? Well, there are several ways. But the devil, he is a slanderer. In fact, that's one of the meanings of his name. He is a slanderer. There's an intriguing passage of Scripture tucked away in the book of Zechariah in the Old Testament. It's a picture of the high priest. I'd like to read it to you from Zechariah chapter 3. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. So here's the picture. Joshua, high priest, standing in the presence of the Lord, ministering to God. Right beside him, on his right side, is Satan. And that position was the position of an accuser in a court. And there Satan stood. And listen to what the text goes on to say. And Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? And now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. Here he is, ministering to God, and Satan on his right side, and he's standing in filthy clothes. What is Satan doing? Accusing him. Perhaps he says, Remember what you did in the past. And he's bringing up his failures. He's bringing up his past. He's bringing up the sin of bygone days. Trying to hinder Joshua. That's what Satan does. And God put him to silence. God took the filthy clothes off. That man of God. God took those soiled garments and removed them as he stood in his presence. So Joshua stood, as it were, dressed in clean array. Satan still comes into the church and he whispers, your hands are lifted in worship and words and thoughts come in your mind. 
You're not worthy to lift up your hands. Maybe you're singing in the choir. And the accuser of the brethren comes and reminds you of, his, of your past. Well, just remind him of his future. Satan will accuse us to ourselves and try and hinder our worship to God and our praise to God. And he accuses us to God. But he also does something else. He accuses others to you. Yes. Look over there at her. Look over there at him. Do you remember what he did, what she did? And look at that. That's why James says, don't slander your brothers. Let God be the judge. He knows the hearts of all men. What does the enemy do? He comes in and he uses one of his most powerful tools. It was something that he learned by experience because pride rose in Satan's heart and caused him to rebel against God. And that pride brought him down to the lowly place that he now occupies. And he knows how to cause believers to be proud. He will play on people's hearts. Don't humble yourself. Don't apologize. Don't repent. Uh, you get this idea that Satan comes in and causes people to think better of themselves than they should think at times as well because they look judgmentally on others. The enemy rips the church apart as he causes people to rise up in pride and in arrogance. When he says, resist the devil, when Satan tries to camp out in your mind and speak accusing words towards a brother or a sister in Christ, when he tries to camp out in your head and causes you to look down at someone else and think negatively and pass on negatively, stop him right there. Resist the devil. That's what it means. Ah, I am so grateful for Paul's counsel. Do not give the devil a foothold. Don't let him have one inch. Somebody goes out after service with you. Huh, did you hear about, did you hear about, did you see? Walk out of their company. If someone chronically, critically, tears another person apart, get out of their presence because they're being inspired by the very presence of Satan. Hell, these are strong words. But I tell you, if you don't, it'll hinder your spirituality. If you don't, it'll hinder your relationship with God. If you don't, you're going to give the enemy a foothold in your life. See, James is very confrontive. He's right in our face. This is the biblical text. Brothers, do not slander one another. Someone has said, if we don't resist Satan, we will become his captive. If we don't resist Satan, he's going to take over your mind. He'll take and cause you to be negative and critical and bitter. He goes on in the text. He says, draw near to God. Now, that sounds simple enough, doesn't it? Draw near to God. Ah, we can all have 
fuzzy emotions about the God that we've created out of the fabrication of our own minds. A God that we're very comfortable with. He never rebukes sin. He sits right beside us and never corrects us. Programs like Building in Faith are wonderful. And we do know that God uses them in the lives of countless believers. We also know that just hearing God's Word is not enough. We must put into practice those things that we are learning. Pastor Ed is taking us through the book of James. We'll learn that we must be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Building in Faith. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. Again, to follow Building in Faith and access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. When you visit the site, you'll only need to remember today's date. Simply click on today's date. You can listen, download, and even share this message with your friends and family via Facebook and Twitter. If you have any questions, call us. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue sharing messages from the book of James. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.